All right, we are jumping into Q&A, so uh, thanks for sticking around in-house or online, and go ahead and text those questions or comments into 360-447-8474. We'll run through them as soon as Bruce gets back here. I can tell he's already on his way, and we'll be talking about the siege, the legion, the siege and legions coming up here, which I hope everybody caught that there's... There's, it does sound like an 80s power rock group. Hi, guy. Hi. Hi, happy Sunday. Good happy stuff. Sunday. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I love, you know, I love that we spend so I like much. when a sentence starts with I love. I love to tell people how much I don't like their sermons. <laughs> Did you like that well, sentence? I don't know if they can hear me. <laughs> Is he, are you on? Hi. Um, am I unmuted? There you go. Not, good job, Julian. There you go. Way to make up for your dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah. I, I just wanted to repeat. I, they probably heard me on your mic, though. That's, yeah. Never mind. I drowned you out. Um, I love how much we spend uh, time in Scripture, using Scripture to talk about Scripture, to commentate on its own Scripture and everything. But every once in a while... I hate scripture. I, I love these stories. I love these stories that are just history facts from the time of scripture. Right. That you just go, this is not extra, like you don't need it to understand it and you won't ever right. get it without it or anything. Right. And we don't act like Eusebius and Epiphanius <laughs> right. are writing the Bible. No, this but, isn't but it's their historians, Josephus. But what they're helping us do is what we've been talking about, getting into the story. I love the picture. I just, I see it and I go, okay, now remember, that's a true story. Nobody has a problem with that. Nobody has a problem with the fact that this happens. I love that you gave the date, April 14th. April 14th, 70 AD. That's when, I mean, when the Romans tell down. us. And everybody saw it and it happened and it was this bit. And then you go, right, that was a real thing that went down now. Let's, after setting the table, let's hear what the Bible story sounds right, like. And right. that is just so cool. Because it, historically, the Romans had a good working relationship with uh, Jerusalem. You're right. They would often come and set up their, their troops. And that was good. It protected the city. But they would only set up on three sides because one side just wasn't accessible and it didn't need it. Right, right. And... Uh, so Jesus, when he talks to the disciples and says, hey, you're going to hear wars, rumors of war, and all this stuff. That stuff just happens. Here's what you watch for. Four sides. That's it. Very simple. When you see that fourth side, when you see it on all four, that's it. Yeah. And that's when he says, if you're on the roof, don't even go into the house. If you're in the field, because you waited almost too long. And I got to go look up a scripture that is rattling around in my brain. Maybe one of you can find it. It's that one, and I don't know if it talks about this, but it's the one where it's weird. And it says that we will... <laughs> the weird one? The yeah, weird one of the scripture? weird ones. That we will, uh, we will leap or lunge or walk or something between the weapons, and they won't harm us. Oh, right, But they're right, going right, to destroy right. the land, but we're just going to walk right between them. And it's like, that's not talking about this, is it? Like, because we went out before the uh, command was given. Yeah, you know, they're yeah. still setting up. Which would have been a really, hello, hello. Uh, which would have been a real interesting sight if you're the Romans and you know what's happening. That we're being really nice to everyone. And you know they're saying to each other, "This is one of the smart ones. He doesn't even know what he's." Getting so, out and all of, of a sudden, all of a sudden, here's these people coming out of Judea and, the, and Jerusalem. It's like, wait, why, why are so many leaving? Yeah. And we're still being nice to them because we're pretending, you know. But why are so many leaving? And I would hope one of them asked, and I would hope one of them told. 
well, you set up on all four sides, and 40 years ago, Jesus told us that you were going to attack the city. <laughs> they know the point. Right, right. Anyway. Um, okay, only got a couple coming in here. Okay. Uh, which verse were you referencing on vengeance? Which vengeance one? Uh, one in, I'm assuming uh, the day of vengeance. Isaiah 61.2 is the one where Jesus stops eight words short. Uh, the day of vengeance, Isaiah 61.2. Then in Hebrews, uh, we know him who says, vengeance is mine. Yep. Um, when Jesus says, these are the days of vengeance, that might be the one they want. Yeah, in Luke 21, 19 to Luke, 22. Luke 21, 22, about right there, 19 to 22. For the, yeah, uh, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains and let those who are in the midst of her depart for these are the days of vengeance. And that's Luke what? Luke 21, 22. Luke 21, 22. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you follow that days of vengeance line and now like he's talking about them surrounding it all and then later when he's crying over it, saying the same things he says the days will come on you well now you know what days he's talking about yeah, the yeah. days of vengeance and when he says you didn't recognize the time of God's coming and just right from the start when John the Baptist not only uh, not only uh, mentions that the days of vengeance are coming that the wrath is coming but that someone's going to warn him when to flee yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, he's got it all. They're coming to his baptism, and he says, "Who warned you to flee from the coming yeah. vengeance or the uh, wrath, the wrath to come?" And in fact, go read that whole section. Where's that? Where was that at? In the beginning, where? Yeah, where John the Baptist is that on that page? Beep, boop, boop, beep, I don't boop. have the Bible memorized as far as I think. I think it's chapters and verses. There you go, Matthew 3, 7 through 12, when John the Baptist saw the Pharisees and Sadducees. Matthew 3, 7 through 12. Go look at that, because it's the whole thing about the one who comes after me. Uh, I baptize with water. He's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. And something, something about a sword, I think, is there. You know, and Jesus says, you think I came to bring peace? I came to bring fire and a uh -huh. sword. Uh, the end of the age, I'm going to send out my angels, they're going to gather all my elect, and then we're going to burn everything up, burn it all down. I like that Colin chose the song, Burn It All Down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, following up on the days of vengeance, why do you think, because he's, like you said, which is interesting, that he conspicuously cuts short the uh, scripture that he's reading from uh, Isaiah in... It is, that is Jesus' M.O. So why, what's the, uh, the year of the Lord's favor... Sla and, and the day, the day of, of vengeance. vengeance. How do you, how do those work in tandem with each other? Um, because the because they come at the same. The favor of God leads up to the day of vengeance. You know the 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 year of favor, um, which I assume is the year leading up to the day of vengeance. Because mm -hmm. he's not saying uh, this is the year of favor. Right, right, right. Because this is early in his ministry, and his like a year later he's still ministering. Wait, the. He, favor of God's gone now for the next year he's like no 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 I've come to proclaim a year of favor mm -hmm. and a day of vengeance mm -hmm. this is fulfilled in your hearing I just did it I just yeah 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 uh, but the but here's the thing he didn't come to proclaim the day of vengeance that's why he says no one knows that day or hour he came to proclaim the year of favor leading up to it. So when you start seeing these things happen, well, then you know, uh, da da da, da and uh, 
when you see the city surrounded all four sides, man, it's like you got half a day. Right. Don't right. try to collect your things. Uh, they were asking which version of the Bible are you using with vengeance, and I think you've got what's it say? ESV in the Hebrews. What's, and then or which one they were wondering about? The Luke one. The, or the Venge- oh, I just which. Give them all of them. Okay, yeah. Isaiah is which translation? Uh, Isaiah's in. I think that's Isaiah, isn't it? But it doesn't. Yeah, we don't have. A, there's not a oh, version, didn't I put a on, version that on that one. On it? Well, no, because it's a reference oh, of a ref. So, I know. but I would imagine it's it's only working between New King James NIV and ESV. I think yeah. is, is what you're saying. And might be NAS. Primarily between what, what NIV and me NK. Is it's the same word, and then one translation because they like to they like to make it interesting, so they don't like using the same word over and over. Yeah. It's like, what is the same word? And so one uses vengeance, and then the next time it's used, they say wrath. And it's like, okay, but it's, it's talking about the same thing. So yeah. then I go find another translation. Oh, they've got them switched. It's like, well, then I'm going to take your vengeance and your vengeance because you're trying to make it have a variety to make it easier to right, listen right. to. But I want to show the connecting pieces. Yeah, when you're trying to quote somebody quoting something that's using the same word, you want to make sure you use the same word, and sometimes you have to use two different uh, translations like, to get the same word translated the same way. Which and is, like Isaiah writes in Hebrew, and Luke writes in Greek, and so Luke's line there of to bring out the prisoners or whatever it is, mm-hmm. well, you can follow it right along in Isaiah, and the Greek just doesn't translate out the same. In Isaiah, it's to uh, bring out the captives, or the bound, to bring out the, mm-hmm. those ba- to bring out those bound and that's word for word what the psalm says that you're going to bring the bring right. out those who are bound and isaiah says it's on the day of vengeance and this says uh, when there's some big old thing going down uh, he brings out the bound to the mountains of bashan anyway. uh oh here's a question for you okay so did jesus ascend into heaven or into the clouds in quotes dot 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 mountain of god um that's a really good question because, and, and I'm not prepared to answer because I, I, like I said, I need to read the whole Bible on this one. Yeah. Um, because what's he mean when he says, uh, I go to, pre- in my father's house or many houses, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you may be also. Mm-hmm. And there's, I'm, you know, is it all just heaven? It's, or is because, because, he came to do two things. Right, he right. came to bring eternal salvation and to spare people from the day of wrath. Now, if you're wondering, well, why didn't God just make it not be a day of wrath? In a nutshell, and I'll probably touch on this later. In the Old Testament, this comes as a shock to a lot of people. There's no sacrifice for willful sin. Right, right. And in fact, the angel of the Lord's presence that went with them, uh, with Moses and shows up with Joshua and everywhere else, uh, God warns Moses, tell the people you can't sin because he won't forgive you. He, uh, in that first temple system. System, in, in that temple thing, system. He won't forgive you. And in fact, there was no sacrifice for willful sin, but God in his mercy allowed them to store up their wrath for the day of wrath. And so God put off the day of wrath when he would judge the entire nation at once. But before he did that, he would come himself to provide a way of escape. And then we find out that it's by dying as the perfect sacrifice. 
And it's so incredible that not only does he provide a way now for sins to be forgiven, but you won't be saved from the day of wrath that's been stored up unless you accept your Savior and receive him, because otherwise you just won't believe him. Right. And so you won't do what he said. So Jesus came to do these two very, uh, very huge, you know, one, I, you can't even say huge thing because it's just, it's all. It came to right, do. Right, right came to do the the infinite incredible you know save give everyone a a road to salvation and then to literally save his church body oh you mean like on earth as it is in heaven (laughs) i mean like like there's a shadow of things to come always playing out i mean it's just you i love i mean god has a house uh, (laughs) somewhere because moses saw the pattern in the mountain you know, uh, a glorious throne on high was the place of our sanctuary from the beginning. It's like, somebody show me that. Where's that one? I want to know where that throne on high was the place of our sanctuary from the beginning. So there's a lot to be mined and looked at about this. Uh, And I just lost my thought what I was going to say, but... Well, let me interrupt with another thought. Uh, Isaiah, somebody said, is the verse you were looking for Isaiah 43, 2, regarding the walking between? I don't know. But if it's Isaiah, (laughs) I have a feeling. It's the, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. Which I remember. No, it's when you go between the weapons. Go between the weapons. Keep looking, I think it's a minor prophet. I think it's a minor prophet. Because he had his pickaxe, he's going between the weapons, not really. <laughs> Different kind of minor. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I knew it'd make him No, laugh. I know, I'm a sucker. A kind of dumb... Um, <laughs> oh, I wanted to say one of the things that I did that uh, struck me, that you did here that I, I loved, this... Okay, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. You will all likewise perish, these yeah, other ones. I mean, and the one two is- things that they're referencing are... The being oh, slayed in the in the temple, in the temple and, and in having those all the rocks who are fall dwelling in Jerusalem still yes it, like what a clever way of saying yes like that and that'll happen here but I mean answer me why he would say why would Jesus say to the crowd unless you repent you because he could have just said you will all perish but to say you will all uh, what is it? Likewise perish? Likewise perish. You will all likewise perish. And is it a coincidence that, you know, like Jesus talks about, this generation won't pass away till these things are fulfilled, that the generation didn't pass away 40 years. And uh, those two things happened. The rocks fell on them, and they were killed in the sanctuary. Uh, Jeremiah seventeen twelve, our place of sanctuary. Let me see if I can. Pull. Oh, I know what I was going to say earlier. Um, I want to talk about in the upcoming uh, message because, like you're talking about the history of it, we know that after the destruction, what happened? The Jewish and Christian, uh, sorry, Jewish and Gentile Christians m- immediately came back into the Holy Land. There was a death sentence on any Jew that was found. Uh, in Jerusalem. Mm. They were forbidden from going into Jerusalem and they were really not liked anywhere. They, they were, they, the Romans cleansed all the land. They tore down every synagogue. You know, God talks about taking the, a hired razor, you know, scraping the yeah. temple off the rock with a razor. Such vivid imagery. But afterwards, the body of Christ inherited 
the nation. Mm -hmm. They came back in, settled in a big way in Galilee because everyone there loved Christians because mm -hmm. all that Jesus had done. Settled in the Transjordan on the Decapolis side because again, and then went and settled in Jerusalem. And that's why Christianity had this huge start because they inherited the land, just like scripture says, he's going to inherit all things. Hebrews talks about it. he'll inherit all things. All things shall be put under his feet. And then the writer of Hebrews says, now we don't yet see all things put under his feet, but mm -hmm. we do see Jesus. And then he right. says that which is passing away and about to, uh, he doesn't say be destroyed, but about to something. But mm -mm. We, and we got to talk about Hebrews too. Oh my Oh, I know. Upcoming yeah. messages. Mm -hmm. Hebrews written to those who are fleeing. A glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. Where's that? Jeremiah 17, 12. Somebody just yeah. texted that in. Yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, what, did it, what was Ezekiel taken up to that high mountain to see when he got to measure it? Mm -hmm. What was John taken up to that high mountain to see in Revelation when the temple was opened and he saw the Ark of the Covenant? Where did Josiah, the righteous king, hide the Ark of the Covenant when Jeremiah tells us that they're going to hide the Ark of the Covenant and no one's ever going to talk about it again? Uh, you know, the Ark of the Covenant that has the jar of manna inside of it. You know, what's going on in that high mountain in Revelation when John sees the Ark of the Covenant and says, man, anyone who overcomes will get to eat some of the hidden manna. Uh, he's going to establish his church on the highest mountain. He's establishing the body of Christ. Hebrews says... Uh, that it's going to be established when the second one is destroyed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and up on the it's, top of Mount Hermon, up on top of Mount Hermon was a great big old Roman sanctuary that no one can explain what it was for. But we do have like the uh, the inscription off of it about yeah. the, you go forth from here and uh, oh, pre proceed in righteousness. Is yeah, that, it's that not proceed in righteousness. Yeah, like, those who is go that where them. they met? Is that where the church was established? Yeah. is that where the real Jerusalem was established on the highest I, I mountain? I know, and it's interesting because it is hard. This is a fair. But you have to question difficulty is to decide when something is right. sort of that literal temporal event and when it's sort of spiritually yep. symbolic and when things. it's our future or our past right because i'll challenge anyone watching right now mm. we look at revelation we go oh so the revelation i like that it's all about the future no it isn't it tells us right off it is about what was now it was it was written right before 70 a.d before the destruction it's about what was what is and what will be. Mm -hmm. And so I, it really bothers me, these people that go through and, and they're going to put revelation together and everything's about the future. It's like, I think you should start by figuring out what parts of it happened in the, put yourself in 70 AD right. and say, okay, what happened in the past? What parts of revelation are about what was happening right then in the destruction of Jerusalem? And then which parts are about what will be in the future? Right. I, because I'm looking at Revelation and thinking there's some sections in there where they're just talking about the assembled church praising God. Right. <laughs> right. Were they hallelujah? Mm-hmm. And it, uh, like, it's, it's hard, though, because <laughs> we know that we slip in and out, that the Bible does that. I mean, like, whenever you get, uh, this is what I love about Jesus, is he gives you just enough examples and explains just enough things to keep you on your toes always. You go, oh, so that one was just... <laughs> yeah. literal and, and that easy and that one was the thing that you meant spiritually more like in a time to come and you just go I, I can't I can't know my intuition is definitely not reliable right. but the things that he says 
you realize he always throws in some Old Testament confirmation. Always. He says, yeah, those who have ears, let them hear. This meant that. Don't you get it? Like they said before. I mean, it's just the habit that we need to start having. I mean, this is such a huge event. The destruction yeah. of God's nation. The destruction of his temple system. Right. The body of Moses being laid to rest and the body of Christ being raised up. The two acts of humanity, which I think that was the thing that you kind of beat into me you this week yeah, as we were having that conversation. You don't think this would be it mentioned does, it, a lot? It, <laughs> it, I, because historically, uh, even like going to school and stuff, you, it, it feels like a footnote. Right. It doesn't feel like that epoch on which everything hinges. And that shift for me this week has been really, because we've talked about it before and I've been like, yeah, no, it is. It is a, it's not getting its fair shake. It's not getting no. the attention it deserves. But more, I mean, yeah, I think I am, I am fully on board with the idea that this is, of course it is. I mean, this, like I was saying last time we were talking about this, this is why Jesus came when he came. Yeah. Out of all the points in human history, he said this is the time that is going to be the most yeah. pivotal that I and instrumental in the plan. Well, you know, when it talks about the second death in Revelation, you know, those uh, in, in the first resurrection aren't affected by the second death. Mm. I'm suspecting the second death is the second destruction of Jerusalem. Huh. I don't know, but... You people who like reading Revelation, go check that out. Yeah, I like throwing those things out, and then you can just fight back. And Well, uh, there's no fight, because I'm just saying. No, no, but that's what's great. I mean, like, then we have some food for thought coming up that we get to discuss, which then yeah. fuels where we go, so. But, yeah, uh, you were saying about, oh, uh, it doesn't get its due. But there's a scripture, there's an Old Testament scripture that talks about the destruction of Jerusalem and says, uh, and I will... Uh, I forget how it's worded. I'll erase this from the memory. Or I'll take. Mm. I'll remove this from your memory. And it's like, wait, is that? Did God do that? Did He like just through time and them not writing in detail and writing kind of in these funny ways that you know? Okay, but you also did something in here that is another oh hallmark of God going. But it's true. You can check it out anytime. The stones are still there. Look, we've had wars for thousands of years everywhere. Buildings have been torn down. Things, I mean, right. destruction is right. no, nothing new. And every last bit of it, like in our wars that we're familiar with, and what, we clean them up and get back to, and rebuild it right. and make it all. But to... The to, thing Jesus said would happen. There it is. There's what he uh -huh. said. There's what Jesus to, said. To build over and break open those stairs. And they you know, just and discovered the, that like within the last hundred years. And these people have been around for longer than us. I mean, that's what I don't understand is how is it preserved in a time that has had more time to rebuild and get past it and forget about well, it and everything, and yet they're preserved in some miraculous way. That's fingerprints those temple of God all steps, over it. Those temple steps that are broke open, uh, it's just insane that that was a sealed time capsule for 2,000 years. That's until crazy. Yeah, until 18 years ago. And they open it up, and oh my goodness, this is the pool of Siloam. Because they'd never, they thought they knew where it was. They had the wrong one. And a guy's digging in his field, and he found steps. And so he called the Antiquities Authority, and they go, This is the pool of Siloam, and it's not where we thought it was. And so they're digging around because there's supposed to be steps. Because remember, Jesus tells the blind man, he did the old uh, mud spit eyeball <laughs> trick, uh, tells him to go down yeah, the, to the Siloam pool. And uh, so they're digging around there, and sure enough, they find the entrance to the original steps that go way up the mountain to the temple. 
and they're broken open and there's the rocks and the pickaxes and things Uh the Romans used and there's the stuff the people left when they were pulled out. It's just, yeah, it brings it home. Yeah. Anything else we got? No, that's about it. Last note though, I do want to say on that that I think is so funny. You You know what we don't do? is after we get some big revelation like that and we see that that's the pool of Siloam and we thought it was this and we probably called it that. We probably set up a thing and made it a tourist and all that. We don't hear a lot of, oh, I'm sorry, whoops. <laughs> you don't. You just, you just change it and move on. And that happens so much in history that I hope that we learn from that at these points and go, whatever we think we know. Hold it loose. Hold it loosely. Because we only stand on the solid rock of what we know that we know. God loves you. Uh-huh. He sent his son to die for you. He wants to be with you forever. He is all good and only good. Amen. That's and this, the way to. And this wrap all has it purpose. Here. It's all going somewhere. And for whatever reason, he wanted to write that book in a way that children would have fun. And uh, old Weisenheimers think they know everything would be uh, turned around. And yep, and uh, made foolish. Okay. Awesome. Love all right. Y'all. Love you guys. Let's do it again next week. See you next Sunday.